foundation for life's journey. I'm your host, Danielle Harris, and we're back with another message for the week. I pray that your week has treated you well and that you are in good spirits. It took me a minute to come back on here because of life's storms and the things that we experience in life. But nevertheless, I count it all joy. I give all glory to God and I'm thankful for the opportunity and for you being able to tune in to this week's message. So let's go ahead and get right into the message for the week. So if I had to title the message, the title of the message would be, Is There a Heart in the House for Love? I'm reminded of the song from the Five Heartbeats titled, Is There a Heart in the House for Love? So as I relate the message to the song, we'll be focusing on four types of heart. We know that a heart is the symbol for love. And if you don't know, a house symbolizes a life or a person's life. Oftentimes, when you read in the Bible, when God will give a parable, the houses symbolizes the lives of people. The writer of the song said that it doesn't take much to build a heart and it also doesn't take much to break a heart. It is love that builds and the lack thereof that breaks. Hearts are always being broken because of the lack of love. In fact, we break the heart of love. Some may ask, what do you mean we break the heart of love? What does that mean? Well, first and foremost, we know that God is love. So if God is love, that means that we often break the heart of love. We are constantly breaking the heart of love or the heart of God because we refuse to show love towards others. See, God called us to love and bear one another's burdens. Now, I don't want you to get confused. We are called to love. And we are called to bear another burdens. But we shouldn't allow people to become dependent upon us. However, God did call us to bear one another's burdens. But we fail at bearing one another's burdens. We are living in the days of seeing a selfish generation. People only care about themselves and how they can benefit or what's in it for them. Second Timothy Chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 reads, In the last days, there will be difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. If that's not the truth, I don't know what is. We are truly in the last days. People only care about themselves. People only care about getting money. They have no regard for the things of God and the people of God. Some of us hate certain types of people 
But God didn't create us to hate. He created us to love. To be selfish means to be wicked. It is important that we examine ourselves daily to make sure we are in right standing with God. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm just saying be faithful to what it is that God has called you to do. And we have all been called to love. See, we get caught up on judging people rather than loving people. We say that we love people, but love don't hurt. Love don't backbite. Love don't hate. Love don't slander. And love doesn't mistreat people. Where is the heart of the people? Is there a heart in the house? Or in other words, do you have love in your life? Are you showing and giving love? After we examine these four types of hearts, you'll be able to identify where you stand with God, or in other words, where you stand with love. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. This means that God is the Word, and we know that God is love. The Bible talks about a farmer that sows seed. The farmer is a person that shares God's word and the seed that the farmer sows is the word of God. Sowing is planting. In order to plant something, there must be a seed that is put out into the world for the people to grow by. Depending on the soil or the heart of the person that the seed is sown into, that seed may or may not take root to produce good fruit. So the first type of heart we're going to look at is the seeds that fall by the wayside. What is the wayside? Those by the wayside are those who do not understand the word and their lack of understanding will move them to be offended. That seed, that word that is sown into the hearts of those by the wayside don't have any type of in-depth knowledge of God. So what will happen is the enemy will send confusion and distraction. We have to stop being so easily offended. We must begin to pray for understanding. And we can't depend on people to help us to understand. God didn't want us to be dependent upon people. He wants us to be dependent upon him. So people can't make us understand. That is the job of the Holy Spirit, but we have to get in tune with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what will help you to understand. He knows how to get on your level. The second type of heart is these that fall on rocky ground. These are those that receive the word of God with joy, but when life storms and persecution comes, they fall and wither away. These are those that look good and appear to be strong on the surface, but are not deeply rooted in God to withstand the test of times. Jesus never promised us that life will be easy if we follow him. It is important that we know this. Without understanding this, we become superficial and lack roots. We must expect hard times and hardships so that we are not caught off guard when they come. Are you really who you say you are? 
Are you really made of what you say you're made of? The third soil is those that fall among thrones. These are those that hear the word but are consumed with life's worry, riches, and pleasures. This is a big one that many fall into. I even found myself in this type of heart. So as I said, the third soil is those that fall among thrones. They're consumed with life's worries. Some of those that fall among thrones, they know the word and the power of God, but they become consumed and focused on what they're going through rather than trusting in God to provide for them. They become so focused on having enough and surviving that they take their focus off of what's important, which is God, and put their focus on their ability to survive. See, it is not money that is evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. People will rob, steal, cheat, and kill for money. You cannot serve God and money. You will either love one and hate the other. See, some people serve money. And when you serve money, that thing becomes your God. So some people's money is God. And truth be told, people don't even realize that they're serving money rather than God. Anything that you put over and above God, that you reverence more than God, is your God. And we know that our God is a jealous God. There will be none above him. So whatever you give most of your attention to is that which you serve. So be mindful of what it is that you're giving your attention to. Some will even doubt that God is the provider. Some become worried about how they're going to pay their bills, where they're going to live, and what they're going to eat. I want you to know that God won't always show up how you expect him to, but he will always show up on time and from a different way, a way that you least expect. I'm a living witness to this. The Bible encourages us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto thee. All meaning everything you need. If God knows how to provide for the birds and the squirrels and the lilies and the fields, how much more would he care about us? But sometimes we can't see it because we lack faith. We don't trust God. We doubt God. We have to begin to get into the word of God to know who God is. Then we have those that are consumed with riches and the pursuit to get rich. It is God that provides it all to us. No matter who he chooses to use, he is the source. It is God that blesses us to be a blessing to others. God did not bless us to boast about the things that we have, but to bless others that are less fortunate. God has nudged some of us to bless others, but we refuse to bless them because we feel they are undeserving or experiencing the predicaments that they are experiencing because of their choices that they've made. God did not call us to judge. He called us to love. How dare you watch someone struggle and go through a storm and not even attempt to lend a helping hand? We must learn to be a blessing to people. Ask people 
Is there anything that we can do to assist them? See, you never know what somebody can be praying for. There may be people that God have nudged you to be a blessing to, but you refuse. These may be people that have been praying to God for a miracle and for God to make a way or to even send a word of encouragement. But we refuse to be obedient to what God has told us to do. We become full of pride and boastful and begin to look down upon others that are less fortunate or downtrodden. This is wicked. See, it is the same as the parable of the talents and the man that went on a journey. See, this man entrusted his servants with his property, his blessings, his money while he was gone. There was one that he gave five talents to and another that he gave two talents to and one who he gave one talent to. Now, this man was gone for a while. And the one that he gave five talents, he doubled the talents that were given to him. The one that he gave two talents, he doubled the talents that were given to him. And the one that he gave one talent, he went and hid the one talent that his master had given him out of fear. And when the master returned to take an account of what had been done with the talents and what he had entrusted them with, he met each person that he had gave a talent to. The one that he had gave the five talents to, he received those additional five talents and told him, well done, my good and faithful servant. The other man that he had gave two talents to, he received the four talents that he had acquired and told him, well done, my good and faithful servant. And when he met with the one whom he had given one talent to, the man told him that he knew that he was a hard master and that he would require of him what was entrusted to him. So he went and hid the talent that was entrusted to him. See, this man thought that he didn't do any wrong. He thought that he was doing good by doing nothing. And the master told him, you wicked and lazy servant. You should have at least invested my money with the bankers. And then he took that one talent and gave it to the one with the 10. See, when we don't do what it is that God expects us to do, he'll take what it is that we think is ours. He'll take our possessions. He'll take that thing that he gave to us, which will leave us with nothing because we did nothing. We did nothing with the blessing that he gave us. We didn't bless anyone. Selfish. This is why we have to begin to examine our hearts. See, I know that God has called us to be a blessing to others, to people that most wouldn't want to bless if it was up to them, but it's not up to us. See, when God bless us, it is for us to be a blessing to others because what we think we have, what we think we've acquired and become boastful about, God will take that very thing away from us. And I want to remind you, when God has made provision for you to be a blessing to others, do not let your right hand know what your left hand has done and vice versa. 
In other words, you don't have to broadcast or showcase whatever it is that God has told you to do or laid it upon your heart. He said that when you give in secret, I will reward you openly. So that's why we have to stop putting on for the streets and stop trying to be seen in the streets when we do good things and we do good works. Because when we try to be seen in these streets, that is all the reward that we will get. Just being seen. But when we do things in secret, the blessings are done exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could have done for someone else. It is very important that we stay humble. I had a dream several years ago. And this dream was so vivid. It scared me. But I was on top of a mountain. An actual mountain. I felt the gravel of the mountain. I was at the very top of the mountain. But I was not standing up. I was seated. I was down low because I was afraid that if I stood up and looked down, I would fall. And I believe that God was telling me that you have to be humble no matter how high or matter how far I bring you up. I didn't want to look down. I was scared that I would fall. We have to stay humble because the Bible tells us that pride comes before destruction and haughtiness before a mighty fall. We got to be careful. So as I stated, when God has called us and allowed us to be a blessing to someone, let's keep it to ourselves. We don't even have to tell God or remind God of what we've done for people. He already knows. And then there are those that fall on good ground. These are those that hear the word, they understand the word, and they act upon the word. These are those that are built for tough. They understand that life storms, hardships, trials and tribulations, persecutions, setbacks, and attacks are necessary. I said attacks. Sometimes it is necessary that people come against us because if they never come against us, if they never push us to a point where we need God, we'll never know that we needed him. We'll never know the power that we possess. And it is he that is in us that give us power to overcome, the ability to overcome. And the seed that fall on good grounds, these are those that say what they mean and mean what they say. They talk that talk and walk that walk. These are those that are built for tough. You would know this kind by the fruit that they bear. We have to begin to examine ourselves. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of examination. We have to begin to examine our hearts to make sure that we are in right standing with God, with love. Where do you stand with God? Where do you stand with love? Have you done what it is that God has called you to do? Have you blessed those people that God has put it on your heart to bless? And some may say, I don't got nothing to bless nobody with. Sometimes all people need 
is a word of encouragement, a prayer. Pray for people. If you don't do nothing else, stop talking about people and begin to pray for them. See, life and death lies in the power of our tongue. We have the power to build and we have the power to break. But God has called us to build. God has called us to love. So let's begin to examine ourselves to make sure that we are doing what's right. Is there a heart in the house for love? Is there a space in your heart for love? What is in your heart? Have you forgiven those that have hurt you? Have you forgiven those that have slandered your name, that has lied on you, cheated, molested you, hurt your feelings? It is dangerous to do everything else right, to get everything else right, but not have love in our hearts. What shall it profit you if you gain the whole world, if you acquire the riches, the wealth, you get the bag, you get the house, you get the car, you get all the latest gadgets, you get the big platforms, you get the big followings. What does it profit you if you gain all these things and still lose your soul? This is why we have to make sure that we examine our hearts. See where it is that you stand. That's why I gave you the parable about the four hearts. Which heart are you? And we can be honest. Everybody ain't that heart that fell on good ground. Everybody can't say that. Let's be honest. I said I had even found myself with the heart that fell amongst thrones because of being worried, not trusting God to provide. God is a provider. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. He would never leave thee or forsake thee. He know what you need before you even have the need. You have to trust him. See, sometimes God allow us to go through some things, to see if he can entrust us with bigger, with more. Let me see how they're going to handle this situation. And that will determine if they are fit to receive more. Let me see how they act when things don't go their way. Let me see if they lose their faith. When the money don't come like it should come or you want it to come. Let me see if they'll still trust me if they get a bad report from the doctor. Let me see if they'll still trust me if they're denied that application for whatever. A job, a house, a car. Whatever. Things that we need. But see, I said that. We must seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. 
I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what's not going my way. I'm going to stand on the word until I see the manifestations of what he promised me. God never promised for this life to be easy. Life will not be a bed of roses. That's fake. Life can be hard to the core, but it's about keeping the right perspective. It's about having the right heart posture. Where your heart is, is where your treasures will be. My heart is with the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. If you focus on God, if you focus on the things that he have called you to do, he will see you through. God is not a man that he shall lie. If you know you've done good and you know you've sown seeds of, of life and blessings and love into this world, you're going to get back what you put out. But remember, if you sown the total opposite, understand that God is a man that should not lie, that cannot lie. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. This is why we must do good. This is why we have to get for real with God and the things of God. Time out for playing church like we spiritual and religious. We got to stop faking it. We have to prepare to prosper. See, the remedy for life's journey is a book that will give you the tools that you need to prosper in life. See, when most people think about prosperity, they're thinking about the riches and the wealth. But true prosperity is life. It is health. It's wealth. It's wholeness. And it's having good relationships. We have to begin to understand the truth of the matter. See, the world has lied to us. The things that we think that are important are really not important. So as I said, we have to prepare to prosper. We have to get ready to grow. We can't be nonchalant about God's word. Because guess what? We will surely have a crop that fails. We will not prosper if we don't get for real about God. And contrary to popular belief, yeah, you might see people looking prosperous, but I told you. What does it profit someone to gain the whole world and still lose their soul? So don't get caught up on the earthly treasures. Get caught up on those heavenly treasures, those intangible things that money can't buy. Money cannot buy love. Money can't buy joy. Money can't buy peace. Money can't buy faith. Money can't buy goodness and meekness. Money can't buy patience. Money can't buy self-control. You can only get these things from God. This is why we must begin to seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom. That's what the kingdom of encompasses. I pray that this message has encouraged you and has pushed you 
to become all that God has called you to be. Examine your heart. See where it is that you stand with God. See where it is that you stand with love. And make the necessary changes if need be. I pray that this message has encouraged you and inspired you to be all that God has created you to be. And remember, the goal is to be rare. Rare is real, anointed, righteous, and enlightened. And until next time, Shalom.